0: fix fat, pun fight movie love so your hands will turn green
1: well hello and welcome back to the varmints podcast where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you the listener on all things that creep crawl slither fly jump hop and swim on this planet One animal at a time. My name is Paul. I am not an animal expert.
0: I'm Donna, and I am also not an animal expert. And if you haven't guessed by now... No, I'm not. Oh, man. Didn't manage it. Not even during my cyber surgery. (laughs) Because now I'm a cyborg. I have all those pins in my neck and stuff. Yeah, I'm a cyborg. But it didn't make me an animal expert. (sighs) You probably guessed we're talking about the porcupine today. Woo, porcupine! <laughs> there are so many porcupines. I was so surprised doing this I research. I was too. Yeah, Holy and cow. so little pop culture, which we'll talk about later. So <laughs> interesting. All right. Well, let's get to it. Let's first do the news.
1: This is Varman's headline news with your anchorman. Some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, Not too many porcupines in the news either, except for Spike. Spike the porcupine at the Topeka Zoo and Conservation Center is safe and sound, contrary to a fake Facebook post that claimed uh, that he he was stolen.
0: Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah.
1: The Facebook post said that someone walked out of the Zoo Lights exhibition with the porcupine. It said, we are asking that she be returned safely. No questions asked and no charges filed. Please do the right thing.
0: Oh my gosh. But it was, it was fake news.
1: It was fake news. And the way that the zoo staff knew that the porcupine was fine was because Spike is a he, not a she. Ah. Uh. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: the zoo also checks on Spike every night before locking the building he's kept in. And during the day, he's either in his exhibit or he's roaming around the zoo manager's office, which is awesome. Like, you just, you're, work, you're at work, there's just a porcupine walking around the office.
0: They just were like, okay, so our, I think they probably just looked in the cage and they were like, well, ours is a boy. Look in the cage. No, he's over there.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They said on Facebook, you may have seen a manipulated image making its way around, but we can confirm our porcupine is safe in his home. A prankster made the post below, and it has received quite a lot of attention very quickly. We are truly humbled that so many of you cared to help get the word out so quickly when you thought one of the animals here was in danger, but you could all rest assured that this was a false claim.
0: Aw, that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So the
1: moral of the story is, what is the moral of the story? Don't believe everything you see on Facebook?
0: Yeah, I mean, don't believe everything you see or hear, ever. Well, just not. Your porcupine is in another castle.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, It's going to be
0: one of those episodes. <laughs> it may be. <laughs> We're in a really great mood. <laughs> All right, everybody, remember to go to varmints.podbean.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at at varmintspodcast, all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. We have a Pinterest board. Uh, just go over there and put varmints there, and you'll, you'll get our word that Mary keeps up for us. Thank you, Mary. And then if you want some merchandise, go over to Redbubble and put Varmints into the search engine over there and you'll, you'll see our wonderful merchandise store. You can get all sorts of stuff over there. If you like our show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to our podcast? We are everywhere that podcasts are found. And word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow. So now let's go talk about some porcupines.
1: Have you ever wondered about animals? What do they look like? Where do they live? Why are some of their legs also hands? Well, we have. So it's time to learn about animals. So we are talking about porcupines today. Yes. Porcupines are large rodents characterized by their coats of sharp pointy quills or spines that protect them from predators. You alluded to this a few minutes ago. How in the heck are there 29 species of porcupines?
0: I do not know, but they're in the both the old world and the new. So yes. they got over here somehow.
1: I honestly I thought there were like three or four different kinds of porcupines. But no, twenty-nine species belonging to the families Erythizontidae and histricidae. Histricidae? Histricidae. I promise you I promise you I practiced those like a half hour ago. <laughs> there are <laughs> there are Uh, Like you said, there are 12 species of Old World porcupines that live in Southern Europe, Africa, India, and Southeast Asia, and 17 species of New World porcupines that live in North and South America. All porcupines all over the world are recognizable because they have that spiky coat of quills. Now, quills are those long, specialized hairs that are very stiff and very sharp. They're made of keratin, That's really about the only interesting thing about them. They're like specialized hairs, really. And there are quills, of course, they're the main means of defense for these porcupines. Yes. The biggest difference between the Old World and New World porcupines are how their quills are situated on the body. Old World porcupines tend to have quills that are embedded in clusters, and New World porcupines have single quills that are interspersed with bristles, under fur, and hair. So it's like the old world porcupines have those quills, but they're like in a little group like on their butt, but the new world ones have those quills everywhere. Yep. And the other main difference between the new world and old, old world porcupines is that the new world porcupines spend a lot of time in trees. Porcupines are strict herbivores and they are primarily nocturnal, although, you know, with that many species, there's going to be some outliers. Yep. Male porcupines are called boars, females are called sows, and the young are called pups. Porcupines are also called quill pigs or prickle pigs. And the best collective noun ever belongs, well, maybe not ever, but one of the best collective nouns ever is uh, porcupines. A group of porcupines is called a prickle.
0: That's awesome. Well, what'd you say? (laughs) Prickle pig? I like prickle pig. That's cute. (laughs) Yeah. Prickle pig.
1: Quill pigs Aww. or prickle pigs.
0: Quill pig.
1: We get the word porcupine from the old French word, pork, es pork espin, porc- Okay.
0: I don't know. Shakespeare called it a porpentine.
1: He did. Yes. Yeah. That old French word literally means spine hog, <laughs> and and that came from the Latin words porcus for pig and sp- spina or spina which means thorn or spine. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, the word had many, many Middle English and early modern English forms like portipine, pork pen, pork and pick, porp point, porpoint, and one of the many words coined by Shakespeare porpentine.
0: Yeah, it's in Hamlet. And it yeah. goes is knotted locks combined and parted like quills upon the fretful porpentine or something like that. And the reason I know that is not because I know a lot about Shakespeare, but because I read a lot of P.G. Woodhouse. (laughs) It's something Jeeves says a couple of times to to describe somebody being upset. (laughs) It's pretty silly. So we're going to talk about the Brazilian porcupine. Oh, they are so cute. They are considered to be a large porcupine. They Their bo- adult body sizes range from 300 to 600 millimeters in length, with a tail measuring an additional 330 to 485 millimeters. They're a bigger porcupine, so bigger porp- porpentine. But the main thing that's cool <laughs> about them is that they are arboreal. Isn't that cool? They yeah. have a prehensile tail, and they spend almost all of their life in the trees. Isn't that cool?
1: <laughs> wow. A prehensile tail?
0: Yes. <laughs> they are so cool, yeah. And they have all the, you know, the quills and everything. Um, and they have this cute little little upturned piggy nose, which they definitely look more like a porcupig, you know. Or what was it? Was it porcupig? Quill, quill pig? Quill pig. Yeah, they look like quill pigs. They're very cute, but they have... Um, yeah they have prehensile tails and the babies are born their prehensile tails are almost um i mean they come out precocious like they're ready to go right uh and they're they their prehensile tail works like immediately and they start climbing around in the trees in the first three or four weeks of life they're like (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're really cool they differ from north american porcupines Um, They have smaller young that require a longer developmental period. Um, And they also lacked a distinct mantle of long quills to cover their nape and shoulders and upper backs. But you can imagine they don't really need that so much because they're up in the trees, right? So um, North American porcupines are adapted to terrestrial as well as arboreal life. but And they have an entirely fur-covered body. So that's different. And then... The Brazilian porcupines uh, rarely exceed 5 kilograms in mass and 600 milligrams in, or millimeters in length. And in contrast, the North American porcupines go from 10 to 12 kilograms and 600 to 900 millimeters, respectively. So ours are bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Brazilian porcupines can be distinguished from bicolor spline porcupines by their predominantly inflated frontal sinuses—the little cute piggy nose that I was just talking about. Aww. There are two neotropical porcupines of that are similar in size and color that have those features. The female is larger than the male in this species. And they don't actually know a whole heck of a lot about their mating in the wild. They don't know a lot about them in the wild at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the information we know about this species is from animals that are in captivity. So, never can tell. As far as they can tell, mating system is a monogamous. But I would be, I would put a pin on that until there's a little bit more research into the species in in the wild. So so yeah they're really cool but the the, i just thought it was super neat that they hang out in the trees
1: (laughs) that is really cool
0: in our pop culture you'll see a porcupine rico who is in the cincinnati zoo and they are so cute i know you're an asmr person so you should watch these videos because they feed him snacks and he munches and it's adorable
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know when you have a the brain of basically a 12-year-old boy like I do sometimes, you you wonder how porcupines make little porcupines because they are covered in quills. And mm-hmm. how, how does that work? Yeah. And so we do kind of know how the North American porcupine makes little porcupines. And I'm not going to get graphic. Um, this is just some interesting stuff about, you know, because, look, they have, like, they're, they're covered in obstacles, porcupines. <laughs> you know, like, how does that work? Porcupines of the old world are one of the few animals on the planet that are monogamous. So an adult pair will form lifelong partnerships, and they'll breed several times a year. And because they are monogamous, there's really no fighting in between males or any sort of competition for mating rights. Different story for new world porcupines. Porcupines. Uh, you mentioned that some porcupines spend a lot of time up in the trees, and the North American porcupine spends a whole lot of time up in the trees.
0: Except when they're trying to cross the road and they get in your car headlights and scare you to death. Oh, uh, yeah. Late night mountain drive. <laughs> That's kind
1: of unfortunate.
0: <laughs> Not saying that happened to me.
1: <laughs> oh, dear.
0: I never get scared. <laughs> oh, no. That's a lie. It was really scary.
1: <laughs> the porcupine sow will climb up in a tree and produce a scent and make a call that kind of says to all the, the little boy porcupines in the area, "Hey, I'm ready to make babies." Right. And that generally attracts usually more than one boar uh, to the area, and in fact, the sow will not ovulate until more than one boar shows up. They kind of have they they can control when they Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. drop an egg. Cool.
1: So as soon as more than one boar shows up, she ovulates, and then those two boars will fight. And these fights can be really, really nasty. Uh, Missing ears and injuries are common. But eventually one of them wins, and then the winner will then start spraying the sow with urine up to six feet away. Even after all of that, even after all of the fighting and all the peeing, the, the sow might still reject the winning boar. But sometimes she doesn't, and it's time to mate. And when the sow is ready to mate, she will simply curve her tail over her back. That flattens the quills down, and that way the male doesn't get a chest full of sharp quills. Because their belly and their chest are kind of their their vulnerable spot. Right. And if all is successful, approximately uh, 112 to 200 days later... A little porcupine pup is born. Yeah. Yeah. Porcupines are born with open eyes, well developed bodies, and this should be a relief if you're if you are a mom and you're listening, porcupine babies are born with very, very soft quills. Within an hour from birth, those quills go from very, very soft to hardened and battle ready. Woohoo! Yeah. Within eight weeks, those pups are weaned, and uh, if all goes well, that porcupine might live to be five or six years old, which for a rodent is pretty good. Like, rodents tend to be the, you know, the the Totino's pizza rolls of the animal kingdom.
0: Yeah, I think they do.
1: Mice maybe make it a year, maybe two years. I think rats make it two or three years. Uh, Porcupines, six years. They have a pretty good little defense system going there.
0: Well, I, you know, this is incredible because I didn't mention it, but the lifespan of the South American porcupine, the prehensile tail one, is 27 years in captivity. Whoa. So, yeah, so I don't know how long they go in the wild. It didn't say. I don't think they know.
1: <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. I'm just looking at the, uh, the North American porcupine, uh, the kind that gets in front of your car and
0: Yeah. Makes you slam on the brakes
1: and scare you to death. Yeah, they live they live about five or six years.
0: Oh wow. Well I would wonder if the I would I would bet that the ones in Brazil probably have a similar, you know, wild lifespan. But I was impressed that they they could live that long in captivity. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: According to the IUCN, the bristle spined porcupine and the Philippine porcupine are listed as vulnerable. A lot of the other species are either of least concern or there's just not enough data available to come to a decision on its status, so they're probably doing okay. If you want to see porcupines, there's a good chance that a zoo near you has a porcupine exhibit. They are a fairly popular zoo exhibit because they're really interesting to look at. They're relatively easy to care for. So just check with your local zoo and see if they have a porcupine. I went to um, Lion Country Safari here in Florida a while ago back in the uh, the before times when you could go to a zoo. Mm-hmm. And had a nice chat with the keeper there. She was given, uh, she was by the porcupine exhibit and she, she threw a, a cardboard box in there. And so I, I asked her, I was like, is that for enrichment? And she, listen, if you can go to a zoo safely, ask the keepers about enrichment and what they give their animals for enrichment. They are so tired of dumb questions and stupid jokes that they will be more than happy to tell you about enrichment. Like, they will just light up. <laughs> so we talked about, we sat there and talked for maybe 10 minutes about this porcupine and how much it loves cardboard boxes. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. So yeah, a little, little tip there. Ask your keeper about enrichment. Well, we are going to talk about porcupines and pop culture. And a couple of other things. But first, I want to tell you about our Patreon. Patreon is how we pay for this podcast, how we give it a little home on Podbean. uh, And we have a little YouTube series that we make. And we have like stickers and and magnets that we buy for our Patreon supporters. A dollar a month. If you want to support us for a dollar a month, you get all kinds of fun little bonus goodies. You help us make the show. We appreciate it. Patreon.com/Farments. You can join the gang there and help us out, and we really appreciate it.
0: And to be clear, we don't make the YouTube videos. You do. I I, I make the YouTube have, videos. I just get the credit and in uh, the, you know, being associated with the silly videos, but I don't do anything like <laughs> for
1: them. Your your moral support.
0: Yeah, You're I'm moral support. I can't. I don't even watch them a lot of the time. If, <laughs> if, if the food is gross enough, I'm like, I believe you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Donna, Donna virtually pats me on the head and says, "You run along and eat your gross little things. I'll be right over here. You, you have fun with that."
0: <laughs> I'm not watching you eat gross things. No, forget it. <laughs> I watched the scorpion one, and that was it. No more. <laughs> I couldn't. And when you make like actual food, then I watch those.
1: Yeah, sometimes I make real food. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But when you're just tasting just stuff for no reason, you're tasting reptile food, you know. There's every reason. I just, I just, I I can't. (laughs) You are not a lizard, (laughs) (laughs) you are a human (laughs) being. why do you do this to yourself?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do it for our Patreon supporters because they're awesome.
0: No, that's fine. (laughs) Yep. All right.
1: Well, this here's Animal Rancher and Expert at Large Cotton Shorts. You know Paul oh, and Don oh, are just a couple her. of nerds like you, and they don't usually get to see animals in the wild. But so we'll talk about where they usually do get to see them, which is to say on popular culture, books, movies, television, and video games.
0: Hew Rico the porcupine is a South American, a Brazilian prehensile-tailed porcupine who lives at the Cincinnati Zoo and he is so cute <laughs> they have a lot of virtual events with rico and i'm just doing it this for my pop culture because they have so many videos of him that you can watch on youtube and it's worth every second but <laughs> be prepared get a beverage and be prepared to sit there and just go oh my god so cute for hours and hours and hours because he's adorable he has He has a big pink pinky nose and he has little cute little black eyes and his little hands hold on to his food while he's eating them and stuff like a little squirrel. And uh, it is just the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life. So, yeah. Rico boop the snoot. Boop the snoot. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they say on a lot of his stuff. Boop the snoot because he's got such a cute little snoot. So this is the, a clip from one of the live videos where they feed him and talk about him and give him snacks. Hi everybody, I'm Melanie. I'm one of the zookeepers here at the
1: Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Garden. We also have Aaron here. Hi guys. And you are joining us for our home safari. Um, and yesterday was a big hit. We had Fiona, but today the competition for Fiona is Rico the porcupine. He's pretty darn cute. Um, so check him out. He is a prehensile tailed porcupine. Erin is one of his primary trainers and she is going to be um, giving him some rewards um, because we do positive reinforcement training with all of our animals. So that means that we ask Rico to come out of his habitat and do a couple of fun uh, activities and behaviors. And uh, when he participates in that, then he gets a reward. So today it looks like he's eating some dried apricot there been hearing some snacking. I also brought some dried banana chips, which she likes because they're very crunchy. Porcupines love a very crunchy treat. Isn't that right, Melanie? Yes, they do. <laughs> oh,
0: porcupines love a very crunchy treat. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so cute.
1: That is delightful. And we'll put a picture of uh, Rico in the show notes.
0: Yes.
1: Because he's impossibly cute.
0: Yes. Rico is so cute. She was saying that he's competition for Fiona. Fiona is a hippo that we talked about on our Hippos episode. Oh, right. That was born premature, and they she became a celebrity, a yeah, celebrity yeah. hippo. Yeah. <laughs> Fiona's at the same zoo as Rico. Aw. So if you live in Cincinnati, you have this wonderful zoo. Wow.
1: That Yeah. I really
0: want to go there one day. I do, too. Yeah someday in the aftertimes
1: <laughs> hopefully soon <laughs> well my pop culture pick is Ash from the movie Sing uh, no. she is one of the main characters Sing is a 2016 animated film she is voiced by Scarlett Johansson who also provided her singing voice which is awesome I did not know she could sing wow. uh, I thought all of the characters in the movie had like a voice actor and a separate singing voice but every actor in this film does their own singing, which is really cool. Yeah, that's neat. So here is just a little bit of the song that uh, Scarlett Johansson sings as Ash. Ash! It's a really, it's such a good little movie. I did not know, I should have known probably that Scarlett Johansson could sing, but I did not know that she could sing like that. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, I didn't know. No idea.
1: The film is about a group of anthropomorphic animals that enter a singing competition that is hosted by a koala who is trying to save his theater. Aww. It's really good. It received mixed reviews. It got like 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. I liked it a lot. I'm not a guy that likes musicals. I'm not a guy that likes a lot of singing in my movies, but I really, really love this movie. It's really good. Yeah, cool. A few little trivia bits from this movie. When Ash's guitar is unplugged, she starts stomping the beat on the stage. You might have heard that in the clip. Mm -hmm. Porcupines actually do stomp their feet as a warning when they are scared. Ooh. Unfortunately, uh, the movie did get one thing wrong. What's that? Well, according to rural folklore, uh, porcupines have the defensive capability of shooting their quills. Uh, and Ash did that in her performance, and quills don't shoot. They can't shoot their quills. Uh, you get quilled because you come into direct contact with the porcupine. They don't just go pew, 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 and shoot them out, which yep. I did not know until very recently.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's actually a very old folklore. That's like yeah. medieval. That's, that's old, 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 old folklore.
1: Well, it was new to me (laughs) a few weeks ago.
0: (laughs) Well, me too. I just discovered it when we were studying porcupines. I was like, really? They thought that? They thought a lot of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. People.
1: (laughs) And the last little bit of trivia is that there are at least three references to the Back to the Future trilogy in Sing.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) That's funny.
1: One of those is when Ash does her guitar solo, the music stops and the audience stares at her silently. And you might remember that from Back to the Future when Marty McFly did his guitar solo at the school dance. And he stops and like the whole audience is just sort of has their jaw dropped and they're staring at him.
0: Okay.
1: There's a similar scene in this in the uh, Sing.
0: So, so that's an Easter egg. little Easter egg, to, yeah. Back to the Future Easter egg. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, very cool little movie. It really is. I don't know why I didn't watch it. I just didn't. I don't know. I I just don't see a lot of movies. (laughs) What's the matter with you? Aren't you hungry? Aren't you going to eat that? Come on, eat!
1: (laughs) My wife is pushing porcupines on
0: us. (laughs) No, I'm not eating porcupine.
1: Why am I not surprised?
0: I'm not going to eat a cute porcupine. (laughs) also it seems like a really a big hassle to to process (laughs) I mean I could see if you were starving to death and wandering around in the woods you might try to get a porcupine but don't you think there's easier yeah (laughs) they're really good at poking things and and making them regret it you know Yeah. (laughs) so I don't know why we think that we'd be any better
1: I don't know They, porcupines are eaten in some parts of the world. I would try porcupine. I wouldn't want to like catch one and, and, you know, I I would not want to do that. But if you gave me some porcupine, I would try some porcupine.
0: Mm. (laughs) Have you tried the chicken?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's what does eat porcupines for sure. Mm -hmm. Even though they have a really nice defense strategy, they are frequently eaten by lynx, bobcats, wolves, coyotes, wolverines, owls, and mountain lions. Ah, well. Although I'm sure it's at a pretty high price.
0: You can't win all the time, you know? (laughs) Yep. As long as you've made babies before it happens, that's all that matters.
1: Yep, that's it. (laughs) Well, hello, Paul Don, it's me, Billy Lee Campbell. And I'm here to ask you a question. Is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Well, let's help you win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room. With the animal fact of the week. Back to you, Paul and Donna. (laughs) So we mentioned about quills. They're basically specialized hair. Uh, Porcupines can't shoot them out of their bodies. Uh, you, You get quilled because you come into direct contact with a with a porcupine. And they're a really, really good defense strategy. And sometimes people and their pets get quilled by porcupines. And so I asked our Facebook group, the Farmans Discussion Group on Facebook, come join us. I said, have you or your pet ever been quilled by a porcupine? And we got some answers. Jackie said, no, but I know some wildlife rehabbers that pick up porcupines using layers of newspaper so they don't get quilled because I guess the quills can pierce gloves and thick blankets. Wow. She says, I've never rehabbed a porcupine because we don't have them in Philadelphia. I can't imagine the nonsense that would happen if we did. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia asked if a prickly pear counted. Those are pretty pointy, but no. Because
0: yeah. no. they don't move around. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Clay Groves, our buddy Clay from the Excellent Fish Nerds podcast, he said, I once taught for New Hampshire Audubon and we told stories on how Native Americans collected quills for decoration. They tossed blankets on porcupines and pulled the quills off that way. So one winter I saw a porcupine walking across a field and grabbed a blanket out of my car and tossed it over the animal. Why Clay? He says he did this seven or eight times. Now, before this, I have never seen a real porcupine or a quill. So I was looking for huge quills like in cartoons. What I found was dozens of tiny quills, both in the blanket and in my hand. It was terrible. Yep. After I removed the quills and drank an IPA, I went to the doctor. My doc said beer is not a cure for tetanus and gave me a shot. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I disagree. Beer works. (laughs) What are you doing, Clay? Oh my goodness.
0: Dude! He wouldn't try that with one of those Brazilian ones. You seen the size of those quills? Oh, yeah. They're not like the little, (laughs) you know, they're not like the skinny North American porcupine. They're like these big, fat, you know, huge quills. Look like you could probably use them to stab somebody.
1: (laughs) Rihanna and the group, she remembered the scene in the film Homeward Bound where chance was quilled.
0: Mmm. I didn't see that movie. I don't see movies where animals die in the end, so.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if animals die in that one or not.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't trust animal movies because they have them die in the end <laughs> so much. Them. So I just don't. I trust. I trust none of them. There are so <laughs> many animal death movies of our childhood. I just gave up. You know. <laughs> oh no. Don't you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can. I understand. You can't trust
0: those people. You cannot trust them.
1: I mean, Old Yeller.
0: Oh, God. What was the one they made us read in school? Where the red fern grows. No! No more animal stories. Forget it.
1: (laughs) When Jasmine was six or seven years old, her dog, Dada, got quilled. Oh, really? Yeah, and she said the vet took them out and put them in a bag for them to keep. Oh, wow. little memento. Now, this was the most interesting one. Lucy said... My only experience with porcupine quills is using them in conservation to clean objects. That's all she said. And I said, you're going to have to go into detail about that because that is fascinating. So here's what she said. My own personal experience is using them to clean early medieval objects that dated to around 800 AD. They came from a burial site which was being damaged by agricultural plowing. So the graves were excavated by archaeologists. I had a brooch, which was one of a pair and would have held a cloak closed. I needed something sharp to remove the soil and corrosion without damaging the soft surface of the copper. We usually use dental tools, but the metal tends to scratch. So a porcupine quill was perfect as it's sharp, as I discovered when I wondered just how sharp they are and stuck it in my finger. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) totally
1: something I would have done. (laughs) But it's soft enough not to damage the surface. They're now part of my conservator kit. I bought them from eBay, as you don't get many porcupine quills in the UK. Wow. Isn't that amazing?
0: That is incredible. I love that kind of stuff. It's like my favorite thing ever. I love that kind of stuff. Such an archaeology nerd. And I just love, love hearing about what what you guys do. So incredible.
1: Porcupine quills, who knew? Amazing. So the internet Google machine says that if you get a few quills in your or your dog, you can carefully remove them by pulling them straight out with clean pliers, followed by using hydrogen peroxide and an antibiotic ointment or cream. What we're going to tell you to do is if you or your animal friend get quilled, go to the ER or the veterinarian as you would with any medical concern. Because here's the thing. Because quills are modified hairs, they are brittle, like hair can be sometimes, and if you aren't careful, you might not get the entire quill out. And that's a problem. Yeah. Also, if your dog gets quilled, your dog might not sit there and let you pull out quills from their face one quill at a time.
0: Well, and they're barbed, too, so you can't just pull them out. You have to pull them out at an angle, just like a fishing hook, so you can get them out of there. Yeah. And so, it's painful and stress stressing. So they, yeah, I would imagine that the vet probably needs to sedate them a little bit to get them out. So
1: yes, that's what I was going to say. You, the veterinarian is either going to give your dog a, a sedative or an anesthetic, to get all of those quills out safely. It's a really, if you ever see a picture of a quilled dog. It's the most pitiful thing you've ever seen in your life.
0: It is oh so sad. It's like, <laughs> what? And it's even worse because they're not going to learn, you know, they'll no. do it again. So.
1: <laughs> every, every picture I saw of a quilled dog, their, the poor little look on their face was like, what happened?
0: Yeah, what, I was just what looking. What <laughs> I just wanted to see what it was.
1: <laughs> that's a pretty expensive proposition, though. If you have to take your quilled dog to a vet because they're going to give the dog a sedative, they're going to possibly, uh, you know, knock it out to get all the quills out. Then the do- the veterinarian is going to prescribe painkillers and antibiotics and, you know, to keep the dog comfortable to prevent infection. So that's that's actually a pretty expensive little proposition if your dog gets quilled. So
0: Can be, yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. So there you go.
0: Interestingly enough, that's a pretty good segue to my little animal fact for today. And that is that the quills of North American porcupines have a topical antibiotic already on them. So even though though getting stuck is painful, it probably won't cause an infection. Um, So I imagine that infections, if you get an infection from being quilled, it's probably there just wasn't enough of it on there or something else got in there or whatever you know
1: yeah
0: but interesting it lowers your chance of infection because the quills are pre-medicated with an antibiotic and they they don't medicate their quills to make life happy for everybody else (laughs) it's a defense (laughs) against (laughs) self-quilling oh okay so uh, because an animal that there's a doctor in the National Geographic article I read who said, after all, an animal that walks around covered in sharp objects is bound to stick itself once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> The New World porcupines, the, the Brazilian ones, the South American ones, they don't have the antibiotic on their quills because they have that prehensile tail to keep them from falling out of the trees. They just grab the nearest branch and like, whoop, so they have less of a chance to <laughs> quill themselves. <laughs> um, North American ones are mostly uh, ground dwellers. Like they, they spend most of their time on the ground. They can be in the trees and they are in there, but they they, they spend most of their time on the ground. I think you you said that. But uh, they're the ones that have the antibiotic. The the South American ones don't, and they're just speculating that that might be why it didn't evolve, because it just doesn't happen very much. So,
1: huh. yeah. <laughs> Interesting.
0: Yeah, pretty cool, man. There's just there's so many weird things about porcupines. There's some. I'll, you want a couple more little facts?
1: Absolutely.
0: Mexican long-haired porcupines can. Strip a tree of fruit and seeds super fast, and the tropical trees defend themselves against it by flowering and fruiting in one big burst. So... (laughs) (laughs) And the the evolutionary strategy here is even the most voracious of the vegetarians cannot eat all of it, right? (laughs) So some of the seeds are going to escape and germinate. (laughs) Oh, wow. And then since different flowers... Uh, different trees flower at different times a year, the porcupines always have something to eat. So that's pretty amazing.
1: Interesting. <laughs> that's kind of like the same strategy that animals have. When you're an animal that gets eaten a lot by other animals, you just have a lot of babies. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep, and uh, there's another fact that you'll probably see videos of famous porcupines: Teddy Bear, the pumpkin-eating, Super Bowl-predicting porcupine, <laughs> for instance. He squeaks around a lot, and and uh, it sounds a little bit like words. <laughs> he is the voice of the Hedgehog in Hobbit: Unexpected Journey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the wild, porcupines are pretty quiet. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's really more of a captive behavior.
1: Yeah, I was reading that the only time they really make a lot of noise and a lot of racket is when males are fighting so that they can mate with a female. <laughs> and then they're loud. Otherwise, they don't make a whole lot of noise.
0: Yep. I think if you're going to be out and see a porcupine, it's likely you're going to smell it first. One of the, <laughs> one of the most uh, distinctive things about them is that they have a pungent odor that lets potential predators know that they've raised their quills. So they 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 go poot they poot first and then <laughs> if you keep going it's your own fault you know what i mean a, a so.
1: porcupine poot
0: porcupine poot that's but awesome. uh, yeah the doctor in the national Ge- geographic article said if you're signaling your presence you don't want to smell like anything else other than a porcupine you know what i mean so <laughs> <laughs> i'm a porcupine hello
1: <laughs> that's awesome
0: <laughs> yeah they are incredible animals, I'm, and I wish we had more time. It, it's sort of interesting because there's a lot more information, just interesting stuff about porcupines that's out there. Lots and lots and lots and lots because there's so many species. Um, but there's very little in the way of pop culture, interestingly. Yeah. Just not very much. So. I think you discovered the Neil Diamond song of my childhood, Porcupine Pie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But other than that and what we found, uh, I don't even think we could discover any more than that. Um, well, and I looked internationally and everywhere and there's just, they don't seem to be a favorite, favorite subject of cartoonists, which I can kind of understand that, you know.
1: <laughs> it's kind of surprising to me, though, because porcupines are such a unique animal. They're, they're a unique looking animal yeah. that you would think, but I guess not.
0: Maybe they're just really hard to animate because of all the quills.
1: Oh, that could be. I didn't think about that. Or draw. Yeah.
0: I mean, I would love to draw one because, of course, you're not drawing quills. You're drawing patches of light and darkness. And that's, you know. Yep. But it still looks like a pretty good challenge to me, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Porcupines are awesome.
0: They are awesome.
1: They're neat little animals. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to our show today. We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast is brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo, bed music by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was Carrie McGinnis, Chris Brayton, Josh Hallmark, Chris Green, Jennifer Chomo, Stacy and Frosty, and Justine and Santiago. Christine sells porcupine quills on the black market. I'll put you in touch. She'll hook you up.
0: Ah, it's time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a rugrat eight years of age or younger that wants to be on our podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at vorminspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it super easy for your rugrat to hear the little voice on the podcast. Who do we got today?
1: Today we have Bradley. Bradley has something to say about porcupines.
0: Bradley! They have sharp quills. They have sharp quills. Well, I know that they have strong claws to climb up trees. Oh, that's impressive. Do you wish you had? Do you wish you had long claws to climb up trees? Um, I will be. I don't like height. Okay, so you're to stay on the ground. <laughs> mhm. Okay. Have you ever seen one before? Um, I haven't, but I did see it on a human tree. Right? Saw it on a hero elementary show. Yeah. What else could that porcupine do in Hero Elementary? Hmm. It could swim, it could swim. and it could run very very, very fast. <laughs> <laughs> and that one when you bend your legs it boosts their superpowers. Yeah. And also run very fast. So <laughs> what would you name your pet porcupine? Bill. Bill. Oh, yeah. Bill the porcupine. Perfect. What do you think Bill's favorite color would be? I don't know. What do you think you and Bill would do on a normal? I'm done. You're done? Uh, me too, Bradley. <laughs> me too. I'm done. I'm done as well. Let's get out of here, Paul. Oh.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Bradley. <laughs> Thank you. Bradley's father is Vikram Baliga. He is the host of Planthropology and the Plant Prof. And he got the podcasting bug really, really bad. So I think he has like five or six other podcasts in the works. But uh, Plantropology here on the Podfix Network, it's really, really good. It is the podcast about plants and trees that you did not know that you needed. Excellent. Uh, And Vikram is a Patreon supporter, so thank you for that too, Vikram.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: (laughs) Thanks everybody again for listening, and until next time.
0: Be nice to animals, or risk getting quilled.
1: This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com. I was at work and I started messing with Redbubble, and I was like, "Oh, this is absolutely horrible." Hey Donna, can you mess with Redbubble more, more a <laughs> little bit?
0: You're like, "Oh, well, let's hope that she can. <laughs> let's exactly. hope she can uh, figure out the arcane mysteries of Redbubble." <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well I don't I don't I don't have a seven pointed start carved into the <laughs> ground right now. <laughs> uh oh, I
1: we'll don't know what out. sort of
0: magical incantation you have to do to add leggings. <laughs> What's add leggings in Latin? <laughs> <laughs>